0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. My name is Griffin and I'm joined by my co-host Braun and we're here to talk about the Packers beatdown of the Philadelphia Eagles last Sunday, 30-16 to 16 final score. It was a lot closer on the scoreboard than it was in reality, but uh, it was a great win, more offensive excellence from the Green Bay Packers and the defense continuing to look impressive week to week and it looks like they're improving. So Braun, how are you feeling after the win?
1: yeah, it was a great game. great to get a big win uh, against an NFC opponent who beat us last season. Um, you know I like the way the offense played, and we saw flashes once again from the defense that looks like it's kind of starting to put itself together a little bit. so you know it's ex- it's exciting coming up in this in, in this stretch run here where the playoffs are approaching and every game is so valuable to this point.
0: Yeah, every game is massive uh, right now going down the stretch, especially when we're one game behind New Orleans, who uh, have the number one seed in the NFC right now. So every game is important. It's important to look good, look strong in every game. And it, it looks, it, it's looking right now like the Packers are up there with the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of the best, not only offense, but the best team in the NFL and up there with the Saints as well. Who were the Packers beat earlier this season? Let us not forget. But the offense, phenomenal. Excellence from the Green Bay Packers on offense. Aaron Rodgers had a great day. One of the best games of his uh, season. Uh, Devontae Adams had another two-touchdown game. Aaron threw his 400th touchdown of his career. Aaron Jones had a 77-yard touchdown to ice the game and pretty much end it. And uh, the defense, like I said, continues to look better and better every week. So uh, I really like what we saw from the Packers, and it was pretty promising. It it We beat a, we beat a team that we should have beaten.
1: Yeah, that was a game where we really just had to take care of business and we did that. I feel like um, it, it was a dominant performance and the scoreboard, you know, finishing 30 to 16 really doesn't say that. Um, but we beat them by, by a, a wide margin I felt like, and you know, I just, there was, there was a lot of good things that we saw and, and that was what made it feel like, like you're talking about that. We're one of the more complete teams in the NFL, if not up there as the best um, the offense showed like, some of the some of the greatest things we've seen this season from them, specifically guys like Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones, all three clicked. And when that happens, when all three three of those guys are, are firing on all cylinders, we know what this offense can do. And, and that was a perfect example of what it was uh, on Sunday. And then, and then, like you mentioned, on defense, we're starting to look impressive at times. Uh, we just have to start putting it all together. I think that's going to continue to build and build upon itself, like we've talked about. So, yeah, on offense, though, Rodgers, he was special once again, and this was one of his best games of his career. For if you ask me, just because he didn't miss a throw in the entire game, there wasn't one throw where you said, "Ah, just a little bit," you know, "it's a little bit off." Uh, every throw was on. Every throw was catchable. Uh, he had a few drops in that game too, that kind of took away some some deep shots, some some more yardage that would have made his stat line look even better. But uh, it was just pure pure precision from him. Uh, PFF had him graded a ninety six point nine, which is ridiculous. That's the highest graded game that he's had, uh, since I think two thousand ten. Uh, so that that was a special game from him. Uh, and you could see it, you know, watching the game. It wasn't just one of those games where they just have him graded highly, and and you are not sure, you know, what he did. I mean, he just didn't make any mistakes, uh, and that's definitely exciting.
0: Yeah, and he had a couple all time great throws, including the one to mvs which was dropped of course but that throw was insane rolling out to his right launches it all the way 50 yards downfield to the left side of the field of course Mm -hmm. mvs cannot bring that one in but yeah you're right like you said just every throw was on target i'm thinking of the one that was dropped by eq It wasn't even dropped just went through his hands uh just a lot of
1: accurate passes Uh, just it was all accuracy perfect yeah. pinpoint passes that if the receiver was there, uh, he had a shot to catch it and a great shot. And and those guys, you know, some of them didn't come up with them. And, and that's okay when it's when it's at the point where we're up uh, by a lot of points and we're passing the ball really all over them. You know, you can live with a few mistakes on offenses as, as a whole, um, but Aaron didn't provide any of those this week. And, and when he goes and does that, there's no chance we're losing. Uh, so if we can keep up that level of play like he has all season, it's going to be hard to beat this team.
0: Yeah, and for Aaron, it comes back to what we've been saying literally every week. It's the perfect mix of Superman Aaron Rodgers. He's making unbelievable throws week in, week out, while he's also taking the easy stuff, hitting who's open underneath, letting them run after the catch, and so that just creates the, the perfect offense. And then when you throw in Aaron Jones, who's looking uh, looking more like himself these past few weeks, it's it's a really dominant offense, and it shows that the Packers have one of the best offensive trios in the NFL with Devontae Rodgers and uh, Aaron Jones.
1: I think that's the, you, you talk about those three guys, that's the best trio um, in the NFL for me, uh, for my money, because you, you got the, just, they're so dynamic, so versatile, uh, Devontae and Aaron Jones, uh, because they really can play anywhere. They can. Uh, speaking about Aaron Jones, he can catch the ball, he can block, he can obviously run the ball at an elite level. Devontae Adams, line up anywhere, he's going to be a- an easy target on, on every play. Uh, because who, no matter who he lines up against, uh, he's the most unstoppable offensive player in the NFL at this point, and that's pretty clear to me. Um, and then you add in a guy like Robert Tunyon who caught another touchdown; he, he's tied for the league lead. Uh, just, just so impressive to have these guys clicking with Aaron at such a high level. And you're talking about how Aaron Rodgers is picking and choosing his moments, like you said, uh, while also staying in rhythm with the offense. We saw an excellent, excellent play from him that was kind of a bit of a a flash of, of the old stuff that he used to do, staying in the pocket for a long time, uh, evading sacks. We saw him get tripped up a little bit by a defensive lineman, escaped it, uh, and then was able to deliver a throw to Robert Tunyon for that, that long touchdown. And, and you could just see how he really can do it all, I mean, the stuff that he used to do off schedule. He can obviously play in rhythm with the offense. Everything is clicking right now. And just great to see.
0: Yeah. A guy like Robert Tonyan is a guy who, you know, we expected him to be more of a factor in this offense in 2020, but he has been, he's been really, really good at the tight end position. He's proven that he's the, the for sure starter. He's had, he's had eight touchdowns this season tied for the league league amongst tight ends. Like you said, with Travis Kelsey, um, he's had I think it's three straight games now. He's had a touchdown over twenty yards against the Colts, then the Bears, and then this week against the uh, against the Eagles. And all of those are just you know Matt Lafleur's doing a great job at getting him open in space. Well, this week was just just a busted coverage. It looked like from the Eagles, but uh, he's he's proven to be a real nice chess piece for the Packers offense. And Aaron really seems to trust him. So uh, it's great to throw him in the mix when you know everyone knows that we don't have the the best talent at the wide receiver position. It's nice to have a tight end who can who can uh, get open in, in the pass game.
1: And he can catch the ball, and that's pretty evident every week. He's not one of those guys that's going to come out and drop one. Uh, that's He had a bit of a miscommunication. That was one of the other uh, plays where Rodgers threw a ball and, and Tunyon wasn't turned around for it. And that happens. Young guys, you know, it, it happens with those young receivers, young tight ends, uh, whoever it is catching the ball. Stuff like that happens with every team, every offense, every week. Um and, and those are gonna happen. So other than that though, I mean he had a great game. He continues to be one of the top targets for, for Rodgers every week and, and a
0: consistent one at that. And another guy who's coming on really strong for the Packers, it seems like, is Alan Lazard, who is coming back from injury, came back this is his third game back in the offense. He's getting increasingly more snaps every week and it's just showing that he's a guy that Aaron also trusts. And uh, Aaron's thrown to him before he's out of his break, which is a hard thing to do for Aaron, especially with young receivers. But he's there were two instances on the second drive of the game for the Packers where it was uh, it was soft coverage on Lazard. Lazard runs up, Aaron throws it before he's out of the break, and it's an out route on the sideline, right on the money. They're twice in the span of three or four plays, I think. Literally the same exact play. And so that, that shows that this is a guy that Aaron's willing to throw to, willing to trust to go make a go make a play on the ball and uh, his physicality in the run game too is something that a lot of people talk about he's great as a run blocker we saw when he wasn't in the offense the run the the run game especially outside the tackles definitely took a hit the lanes weren't there as often as we're used to seeing them and with him in the game he's able to take on uh, defensive ends in some cases he's able to take on corners for sure and that definitely helps the run game for both Jones and Williams
1: yeah, Lazard, him coming back is huge because when MVS is, is playing like the way he is at this moment, uh, it's nice to have another guy next to Adams who you know you can trust at the wide receiver position. With MVS, this is the second week in a row now where he just has just been a, in a struggling situation. Uh, this time, instead of zero yards and little to no involvement uh, in the passing game, he he dropped that huge deep ball that we alluded to earlier um and and other than that he had a negative four yard carry uh so this time instead of having zero yards he had negative four on the game and that's just you know that's tough but I I feel like it's so weird because we talk about every week the consistency has to be there for him in order to be a good player in this league and he had it for like about five games where he was coming you know whether it was games with 100 yards or a couple touchdowns or or just making big game-changing plays and now we've got this two-week stretch where he just hasn't hasn't caught a pass, uh, and it's just the weirdest thing how he can go from being this game-breaking speed demon, talented player uh, to a guy who just doesn't get involved, and and when he is in the game, is is not
0: playing well enough. Uh, it's th- this man is really a roller coaster. It really is. You're never going to con- get consistency out of him week in and week out. It's like th- it's we go three-game periods where he's on and then he's off. We- when Devontae was hurt, we the Vikings game, he didn't do anything. The Texans game, he didn't do anything. Uh the Bucs game, he didn't do anything. And then uh week nine against the forty ers week ten against the Jags, week eleven against the Colts, minus the fumble in that game. He was playing great. We thought he was there. And now we're two games in a row now where he does practically nothing and actively harms the offense in uh in the case of the Eagles game. So I don't know if we're going to read the trends here. Maybe we get one more game of zero touches, zero production from MVS, and then he'll come back on right in time for the playoffs. Maybe that's what's going to happen, and I it would not shock me because it is really a roller coaster with MVS.
1: It is. It definitely is, and you know we definitely need to start getting him the ball in in ways that he can have success. Um, and like we've talked about before, the thing about a guy like MVS who just needs to just needs to get one one play a game that breaks breaks the uh, the defense and he he just he he's a big play guy he only needs one or two of those huge plays to have a huge impact on the game, uh and and that it's only gonna take one you know he'll he'll make a catch I'm assuming next week he'll probably get back in rhythm you said maybe a week after that and who knows it depends how much this offense targets him, um but it, it'll only take one nice play for him and, and he'll be back in the groove I believe it just it's it's just a it's a sad situation to have to deal with especially for a coach um and the play caller and Matt LaFleur where this guy you expect him to be ready to go and then some games he just doesn't show up
0: yeah it's it's tough with this guy but a, a wide receiver who is it is not tough with is one Devonte Adams who had another incredible game on Sunday this game he had 120 yards i believe put him over 1000 on the season reminder he missed two and a half games i believe And uh, he had another 10-catch game, another two-touchdown game. He still leads the NFL in touchdowns. He's just phenomenal. And my uh, my prediction rang true because he was matched up with Darius Slay a lot of the game, and he absolutely abused him, just like we're used to seeing with those two whenever they face off back in the days when uh, Slay was a lion. uh, I believe Adams had six receptions for 100 yards and two touchdowns on Darius Slay in coverage. So more of what we're used to seeing from Devontae Adams.
1: Definitely. I mean, it's, it's more the same and it doesn't matter. Like you said, Darius Slay, he's a good corner in this league. He's a top 10 corner in this league. Uh, and it doesn't matter. Whoever's up there against Devonte Adams, it's a mismatch. And it's just, it's so unfair for the rest of the league. I, I can't even describe how, how easy those two Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams, how easy that connection looks between them every week. Um, you know, of course that first touchdown, so impressive. He jumps up, grabs this ball about he's probably about 10 feet in the air at that point um, grabs the ball up high brings it down keeps control somehow uh, and not to mention you know one of the plays before that he grabs this ball that the defensive uh, the defensive back has his hand on it and he just somehow grabs it off his hand pulls it down rustle, wrestling to the ground near the goal line I mean it's unbelievable what this guy does he, he's not gonna he's not gonna back down from from any guy that's that's in front of him. Obviously, we talked about that four hundred touchdown pass for Aaron. Uh, that was a quick throw to Devontae. Devontae breaks out to the sideline, uh, just gets the ball over the goal line somehow on, on a play that looked like it could have been broken up for a no-gainer. Uh, it's just so impressive what he can do uh, for this offense. Uh, his versatility, you know, everything about him just incredible. Uh, and and he's a guy that no team is going to want to face in the playoffs. And it just makes us even more lethal as an offense and as a whole team overall. With him in that lineup
0: he's adding to his game every single year he's getting better year in year out like he's never been known as the the strong hands type of receiver the like a Larry Fitzgerald or Hopkins type but that first touchdown that was good coverage by Slay Slay read that perfectly he was all over him he got his hand on the ball but Devontae was just not letting go of it and then the play right before that on third down like you mentioned where uh, I think it was Slay also, and I think that ball was tipped too, but he somehow caught it and brought it in for an inch short of the goal line. It's And then also, uh, I just thought of this, that he's getting more of like a high-pointing, jump-up, pluck-it-from-the-air type of receiver. This isn't much of what we've seen from Devontae throughout his career because think of the one against Jacksonville where Rodgers just chucks it up and Aaron or uh, Devonte goes and makes a play on it. The one last week against Chicago, same thing. Aaron's got all day in the pocket, just throws it as high as he can. And Devonte jumps up and makes a play. Same thing this week. So it's great to see him. Cause it's like, think back to 2017. He was very underrated by the NFL and Packer fans were promoting him heavy as Devonte's a top 10 receiver. Then 2018, it was more of, he's a top five receiver now. And then last year it's a, he's a top three receiver. Now, He's definitely a top two, or we argue that he's the best receiver in the NFL because he is, and he's so complete, and he's productive from the slot too. He has the most touchdowns in the NFL from the slot. He's not a slot receiver. That's insane. He does everything, and Matt LaFleur is doing a great job getting him involved in the offense and getting the ball in his hands. And we
1: didn't even mention uh, the, the most insane catch of the game for him, maybe his best. It's one of the most incredible plays between him and Aaron. Uh, that we've ever seen. Uh, we talk about that one from the end zone. Rodgers is literally sitting near the near the back of the end zone, just launches one, just a gorgeous throw. He says it wasn't a great throw. He says it was a little underthrown. It was put in the perfect spot, uh, and it's, it, it reminded me of that one against the Eagles in the run-the-table year 2016. Me too. That's,
0: that's, all that's all exactly what of.
1: I thought of. Exactly. Devontae dives as it goes past two defenders' hands and helmets, And Devontae slides and makes the catch. That was one of his best catches of his career. That connection just – I can't even tell you enough how unstoppable it is. I can't even imagine the headaches that defensive coordinators, defensive backs, defenses overall have trying to
0: prepare to stop that duo every week. It's just unbelievable. Something about the Eagles and Devontae Adams. That game week 12, 2016, we were in Philly – that's when Devonte really started to come on as an elite receiver or a good receiver at least, which he was. He wasn't quite at that point in his career at the time. That's when he really came on. He had two touchdowns in that game. Then last year against the Eagles, he had like 186 yards, something like that, before go- going out with the turf toe injury. Uh, and then this game, obviously, he has two touchdowns, 120 yards, ten catches. I think. I don't know. I don't know what that is with him. He's just great against the Philadelphia Eagles. Too bad for him.
1: Yeah, they don't have a, a great secondary. You know, they've got uh, – they, they obviously got Darius Slay this off season, but they lost Malcolm Jenkins, so that was their guy back there who kind of manned things down um, in the back end. But still, you know, that's never been a great secondary. Uh, they've got guys like Avante Maddox and other guys like that that Devante has taken advantage of on multiple occasions, and that, it was no different on Sunday.
0: Yeah, we're really starting to see Devonte push for the Offensive Player of the Year award, which he is absolutely, or he should absolutely be in the conversation for, because he's he's probably the best offensive player, non-quarterback in the NFL in 2020.
1: That's definitely a fair argument. Uh, just what he brings to the table is is unprecedented, um, and, and just no team, no team has anybody like him that does it from everywhere, um, and and just has so much success every week uh, against like I like we've talked about whoever's out there in front of them, it doesn't matter because they're going to continue to have success. Uh, so for me, it's, it's pretty clear who, who he is as a player. And Aaron talks about him as one of the great, uh, one of the great teammates, people, men, fathers, you know, he's just a great, great part of that locker room. And he's one of the reasons why we have such a great chemistry in the locker room
0: and, uh, and such a great makeup as a team. Yeah. And as every year, he's so productive. He's, He's gonna be up there in the Packers record books, uh, before his career is done in Green Bay. He's he's already up there with the likes of Don Hudson and Sterling Sharp and Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson, all of them. He's gonna he has the opportunity to pass them with a lot of records because he, he's a touchdown machine every year. He's scoring so many touchdowns. And Aaron loves him to death, trusts him implicitly. So if that connection can keep going, maybe Devonte can catch his 500th touchdown pass. Yeah, that'd be excellent. Yeah, it would be. Uh, Let's move on to the defense here, Bron. Again, not a great offense that they were facing off against. Uh, Maybe an even worse quarterback than last week in Carson Wentz. And by the way, my bold prediction also rang true, where I predicted uh, Jalen Hurts would come in before the end of the game. How about that, Bron? You like that?
1: Yeah, my my bold prediction of Tavon Austin getting five (laughs) touches. uh, That one didn't work out. He obviously didn't play. He did not play. Um, yeah,
0: Yeah, so... Well, yeah, Carson, but... well, Carson did not look good. He looked more of what we've seen from him in 2020. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do with him, but the Packers defense was fantastic going off against him. They had seven sacks, I believe. Is that correct? Yep, seven sacks. And
1: we talked about um like you said Carson Wentz, he he didn't look great and we kind of just took advantage of of the fact that things are so out of sorts in Philadelphia right now. Um, really on that offensive side specifically where our defense was able to have a great performance. And another reason that was is because, you know, D- Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, you know, they had a discussion uh, and they and they went to Mike Pettin and, and told him, you know, we should try to keep it simple because we're doing a lot of different things. We're dropping pressing in coverage a lot. Um, we're trying to be a little bit too too multiple. Um and, and we just got to get back to rushing the passer and and zadarius talked about that and uh you know he he wanted to let Mike Pettin know that in order for them to have success as a defense they're gonna have to get to the quarterback um and and, it, and they did that Preston dropped into coverage three times the whole game um and other than that he was rushing the passer and he and he did a pretty fine job at it uh so I I thought he had a pretty nice game zadarius Preston had point five sacks. Zadarius had a, a sack and a half. Dean Lowry had a sack. You know, everybody got involved. Rashawn Gary had a sack and a half. A bunch of guys got involved, and they were able to get to the quarterback like we saw last year. Uh, we took advantage, and we really just, like Zadarius, like Kenny Clark and Preston talked to Mike Pettin about, they just kept it simple. And the guys that they really know that can rush the passer, uh, when they let them focus on that, pin their ears back and do it, um, they do a fine job and we saw that on Sunday
0: yeah I think the thing that was most notable to me at least was the aggressiveness from Mike Pettin and the Packers defense he calling a, he called a lot of blitzes and a lot of man coverage looks on Sunday which was a good thing to do against the Eagles with a horrible offensive line and a quarterback who doesn't know what to do with the football or how to handle pressure at all so that was the right thing to do there and uh, they performed very well I saw a lot more you know up close on the line, jam the receivers, man coverage, send pressure. Darnell Savage had two blitzes. He's really strong inside the box like we talk about every week. He continues great to Great game improve. for him. Oh, great game for Darnell, again, as we keep talking about it. And uh, We got
1: that one pick, of course, that beautiful athletic pick. He's got three athletic picks in the last two games now. It's just he's impressive. Uh, they got what they're looking for. And if he continues to grow, uh, just the athleticism, the speed – the sideline, to sideline stuff, and he does that even better when he's got that that closer to the line, inside the ten yards. You know, uh, when you keep him inside the sticks or close to the sticks, as opposed to back playing defense uh, on huge big plays, uh, he just has such a greater impact on the game, and he can really put his skill set to use. And we're seeing it because he's making big plays week in and week out, and that includes big plays in the run. That includes, like you said, blitzes where he's hitting the quarterback. He hit Carson Wentz. He gave him a good lick uh on a blitz on (laughs) Sunday real good shot a real good shot that hit him hard uh we're just seeing him all over the field make an impact and it's impressive
0: it's the acceleration with him he's so quick he's on that blitz you're talking about it's like pre-snap you have no idea he's coming at all he's kind of inching closer but as soon as the ball snap he's flying into the c gap or the the b gap excuse me and he hits Carson right in the ribs Wentz is able to get rid of the ball but it's a huge play and uh he had another blitz in that game and He's just phenomenal in what do you know, his worst game of the or his worst play of the game, excuse me, was that touchdown the to Jalen Rager that Jalen Hurts threw where he, he looked kind of lost, but it maybe that's even more evidence that keep him close to the line of scrimmage, Mike, because he's he's really dominant there. And Kamal Martin's another guy who's really athletic and is really strong on the blitz. He had a couple nice nice pass rushing snaps on Sunday. And uh, it's, it's nice to see Mike Pettin really trust his guys and be aggressive with the guys he has because that's the defensive coordinator he's always been. When we hired him, that was the talk of the town. He's Mr. Blitz. He's Mr. I send creative blitzes and get to the quarterback in unique ways. And uh, right. early on in this season, we weren't seeing a whole lot of that. We were seeing a lot of conservative zone coverage calls where we're back 20 yards every, uh, every secondary player. And now we're seeing him really trust his players a lot more, and it's been working pretty nicely.
1: Christian Kirksey's another guy who I thought played pretty well. In fact, I think it was his best game of the year. Uh, we saw it early where he had a, a great coverage breakup um, against, I believe it was a tight end. I'm not exactly sure, but he he made a great play, uh, ran well. He ran well on on a pass coverage snap, a lot better than he was running. Um, in Indy and even last week too, uh, he played good. I really thought he had some some strong uh, run stops. Uh, he played better against the run, and he did a lot better in coverage as well. So it was a good game from him. Uh, and we need to we need to see that more and more as he continues to get back into the fold, get healthier, all that kind of stuff. And uh, like you said, Kamal Martin next to him is it's it's a good duo. I really like it. Um, Martin for me, he he brought a lot of the stuff that we were looking for at that position. Um and he replaces some of the stuff that Blake Martinez did so well, um which includes a lot of that blitz stuff and and it looks like Kamal can bring that too, so it's good to have him if Kirksey can continue to play well it it'll be a good duo for us moving forward,
0: yeah, Kirksey he looked a lot better than he did the against Chicago and against the colts uh he's probably our best cover linebacker Kamal he's athletic, but he's you know he's a rookie, he doesn't really know for sure, what he's doing out there in space, but Kirksey, uh, like you said, that pass breakup—he looked, he looked pretty good. Uh, it's just, and he's—he's he's a strong tackler too, which the Packers don't have a whole lot of on the defensive side of the ball, so uh, that's nice to see. So the linebackers definitely something to be excited about. The one thing though, Raven Green, who was getting a lot of those uh, dimebacker looks that Mike Penton loves to use him in, uh, looks like he's going to miss some time with an injury. So yeah. that could be that could be pretty pretty bad for the Packers defense cuz he's been playing really well.
1: He has and uh it really starts for him with his his tackling and he he's done a great job of that like you mentioned uh and and he's a great guy in in the pass coverage as well. He's done a lot of good things. He got a sack too the other uh in that in that Sunday game. So he he really brings a lot to the table and and they're going to miss him quite a bit but um Look, guys are gonna have to step up. We saw a lot of injuries. We did. There was there was guys that went out that they they're, they they're impact players on our team. Um just just it's important to have guys that are gonna step up. We we lost Tyler Irvin. He's on IR now. Jay Sternberger has a concussion. We don't know how long he'll be out. Billy Wynn, he's out, you know, he's he's on IR, he he'll miss some time and, and he was playing good at D tackle for us. Um, And then not to mention, you know, we've got Raven Green, like you said, and and EQ left the game. Looks like he should be okay, But, you know, guys guys got banged up in that game. It it was a win on the scoreboard, but we did lose some contributors. So we're going to need guys to step up. Um, And hopefully those two guys that we signed just a just a week ago, Tavon Austin and Anthony Rush, they can fill those voids Luckily, that you know, Billy Wynn he'll be out, and and Anthony Rush can kind of step in and hopefully he can play well. Big, big guy, they like him. Uh, And Tavon Austin, we're excited about him. A lot of people are. It was a pretty exciting signing when it happened. Um, and he's gonna have to fill a lot of the stuff that Irvin was doing on offense specifically and in the return game as well. So he's gonna have to step in right away and he's gonna be playing. So it's gonna be nice to see him out there, but you know hopefully these guys can step up and, and make sure we don't lose a step even with these guys out.
0: Yeah, for Irvin and Green, it's just the story of their careers in Green Bay because Irvin, how, I don't even know how many games he's played this season. He's hurt every week. He's on the injury report. And then Green, it's horrible for Green because every time he's on the field, we get so excited about him and it, it just something always ends up happening where he's either on IR or he's on the the injury report and can't play. It's just... It sucks that we can never get to see Green uh, at his full potential and fully healthy for a long stretch of time. But uh, for for Irvin, I I don't think that's too big of an issue because I think Tavon Austin is really going to uh, substitute for him pretty well. I think LaFleur is going to get really fun with Tavon Austin.
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm much less concerned about the the Austin uh, situation with Irvin being out. I, I definitely think, like you said, he can step in. He's played. I mean he's been number one receivers on 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 a team before. He's been he's been the guy on the Rams. He's been the guy. Uh f- he was the guy for a few years there. Obviously, he got paid again too. Um and and then then he went other places, but um so I'm I'm less concerned about that. More optimistic even. But with Raven Green, you know, the thing with him is he he's never even really gotten settled into being a, a legit type starter on this defense like he was becoming. Um, we saw, uh, early, you know, last year, he had a few, three, few nice games where he was having a great impact playing really well. Um, uh, then I got hurt ended the year. Um, and he was just, then he was starting to get recognized by the coaches and, and he was going to start playing more definitely. Uh, and, and that didn't happen obviously. And and now this year was hurt plays for a, for a little bit, gets hurt again, plays, and and now he's hurt again, and and just when he was starting to be that guy that they were going to consistently put out there every week, uh, for more than half the snaps as as the guy that they're going to put out in the dime linebacker spot, and now somebody's going to have to step up, and you're going to look at a guy like Josh Jackson possibly who was out for this game, he had a concussion, but could have been a healthy scratch. We're not sure what that situation was, but um. I mean, there's, there's guys that are going to have to step up and, and Josh Jackson is one of those guys that you might look out for, but you know, other than that, we're, we're going to be without him. And then that's going to be a bit of a drop off.
0: Yeah, but it's going to be tough. Cause it looked like Patton was really starting to get fun with, uh, Raven green. Uh, he had a couple really nice pass rushing snaps, including the sack that you mentioned earlier. So it sucks for Raven green every, every week, every year we get so excited about him. I know you do, Bron. I know you love that guy. And, uh, it, it sucks for him that he can never stay on the field, but That's the, that's the nature of the NFL. We're going to have to get next man up and that's how it is in the NFL. So hopefully we can get someone to replace his contributions to the defense. But, uh, all in all, it was a pretty good performance from the defense. It, they did what they should have done. They tapered off as they always do, as they always do. We mentioned it last week, every, every week, whenever we're blowing someone out in the garbage time, they got to give up points. They cannot not give up points in garbage time. But, uh, yeah, other than that, Jalen Hurts looked he looked okay against the against the Packers defense, but when it mattered when the game was still in contest, uh they played very well and they did what they had to do. So, overall, I'm impressed by what we've seen from the Packers defense on Sunday and I'm hoping we get to see more of it as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, and you know, guys that I feel like you're going to start seeing that consistency that we're looking for where our defense is going to be playing well every week. Um, the guys that are going to help us do that are the the real consistent guys in the back end. Uh, Jair had a great game on Sunday, maybe, you know, one of his better games. He looked like, like he's becoming that guy that is just unstoppable at corner. You know, we've got at PFF, we've got the highest rated quarterback. Obviously we've got, we've got Devonte Adams, highest rated, David Bakhtiari, highest rated. And then you've got the highest rated cornerback too. So we've got four guys that are just, and of course Corey Lindsley before he was out was the highest rated center as well. So uh when we've got these four guys at the helm of what we're doing, um it's gonna help us be one of those teams that are just gonna be so hard to beat. And Jair brings so much of that to the table with his just lockdown coverage at corner. And then with Kevin King back, I, I've been impressed with what he's been doing for the most part. He's broken up passes. He looks pretty good. Uh he looks fresh, obviously, and, and now we've got that duo back rolling. Adrian Amos continues to play great. He looks as good as he's looked in his career, um, right now. And and he's just really locking things down back there. And then you've got, of course, Darnell Savage, who we mentioned. So, um, I'm excited about this defense and and what it can do moving forward. Now that the pass rush is back, it looks like, and we're going to have to continue that against some better teams, but, uh, you know, against this lions, this lions team, they've got a good quarterback. Let's see if we can, uh, really, really do some damage.
0: Yeah, let's talk about this Lions game coming up on Sunday. Obviously, no more Matt Patricia. He was fired two weeks ago after the loss to the Houston Texans on Thanksgiving. So their new interim coach, Daryl Bevel, is uh, stepping in, and he brought them to a win over the Chicago Bears on Sunday. So this Lions team is definitely no joke. They could very easily beat us, but uh, it it's it's going to take – a lot from their defense to shut down the Packers' offense, in my opinion. And obviously, we saw we saw Week Two that the Lions did get out to a good start on offense against our defense uh, early on in that game. So it's they're definitely no joke on offense. Matthew Stafford can still play; he's still uh, a great thrower of the football. He's still creating big plays with what he has on offense. So it's it's definitely no no joke. This Lions team.
1: No, they're an effective group. I mean that offense. Like you said, they've got pieces on offense. Uh, the defense is a little bit more vulnerable, but, you know, they're one of the teams that could probably compete with us on that offensive side. Um, Matt Stafford, good quarterback. Rodgers always praises uh, his arm talent. Um, and, you know, you talked about their interim head coach, who actually was the Packers quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers in his rookie year. Um and then, of course, they've got that. They've got some good running backs. They've got Carryon Johnson, who's played well for them in the past. Adrian Peterson's there now. Um, DeAndre Swift. We're not sure what his status will be, but um, he's looked good. You know, he's looked good this year. They're They're pass catching uh, rookie at running back, and their O line is a little bit. Uh, that's probably where it starts getting murky for them on offense. But and then they've got receivers though. They've got uh, Marvin Jones, deep threat. He always has good games against us. Kenny Galladay. Doesn't look like he'll be back, but you never know. He's he's a good receiver as well. Uh, so they've got they've definitely got talent. Um, and if we get into a close game, defense has to step up. Otherwise, things are going to get you know. It's a lot, the Lions always play us well. Um, we've lost games to them that we should have won. Uh, you know, if we're not at our best on Sunday against the Lions, we got to be careful because it's a division game.
0: Yeah, and anytime you have Mike Pettin coaching your defense and your the Green Bay Packers going up against Adrian Peterson, I don't care how old he is, it's it could be an issue. He averaged five point nine yards per attempt week two against the Packers. Old man Peterson, five point nine yards per attempt. Obviously, he hasn't been what he used to be this season, but it's still a possibility that he could run all over us, along with the other running backs they have in Detroit, as it always is, no matter who we're facing. So the key here is to go up big, so that's not a factor. But even if it's not a factor, Matthew Stafford could still very well throw all over our secondary, which he has done in the past. I mean, going back to last season, the Lions led us for all 120 minutes of both games, and we won both of those games on game-winning field goals, so... Uh, I could definitely see this game not going how we expect, but it's it's going to be important to squeak out of here with uh, W. Yeah,
1: that's that's the goal here, of course. Uh, we have to get a win because every game is so valuable at this point. We're trying to make the playoffs, and the sooner we do that, the more focus we can have on, on, on getting that one seed. Um, and opportunities are going to arise here for us to do that. Uh, the Saints, they're the one team ahead of us right now, and if we take care of business uh, – you know, all we got to worry about is the Saints losing another game and we're set. Uh, we've got the Lions here coming up. And then we've got the Panthers on a Saturday night game, which should be a lot of fun. Um, then we've got those Tennessee Titans. That's that's the scary one. And then the Bears in week 17 who will want to spoil things for us. So we've do, we do have some business to take care of. But, um, you know, other than that, I feel like we're in a good spot. And, and this game is just, you know, another week where we've got to come out, take care of business, do our job. Um, And then hopefully, you know, some other games go our way and and that'll help us uh, for our playoff push. But other than that, we got to take care of business and, and this week is another chance to do
0: that. Yeah, we definitely have to win the games. We should win. We have to beat the teams that we are better than. Objectively, we are better than the Detroit Lions and there's really no reason we should lose this game outside of us shooting us in our own feet, which is nothing we haven't seen before from this Packers team. but uh that titans game is going to be huge week 16 and the saints still have to play the chiefs so definitely still possible that we can get the number one seed but it's important to beat teams like the lions and not slip up not play down to our opponent which we do quite often here in green bay so uh it's it's going to be very nerve-wracking to say the least this sunday
1: yeah every game matters so much now and um we're gonna like it like you said we're gonna have to hope that you know for our for our sake in the playoffs to get that one seed we're gonna have to hope the Chiefs kind of kind of get this big win I mean that's that's a game where you think they have a good shot to win it and that'll help us but who knows maybe they won't show up uh the way they played against the Broncos this week you know if they go in and do that against the against the Saints it's probably not going to end well for them so we're gonna have to hope that they play better that week and Uh, You know, with this Chiefs talk kind of leads me to, you know, this MVP race that I kind of want to hit on a little bit uh, with Aaron and and obviously Patrick Mahomes. I feel like Aaron Rodgers has really proven, especially after this week where you line up what they did against these teams. Rodgers goes up against this Eagles team and and he does the job. He has one of the best games, you know, of his season, one of one of the better games of his career, makes a ton of great throws uh, and, and breaks some records while he's doing it um and then Patrick Mahomes struggles at times against the Broncos only throws for one touchdown pass and then you start you know i feel like they're starting to separate themselves a little bit and i feel like this is this is Rodgers award to lose right now and he just has to he just has to play well enough to to go and get it so i'm excited for that obviously and and ca- hopefully we can carry some of that momentum that he's got into the playoffs
0: yeah for Rodgers and Mahomes it's like Rodgers has the edge in touchdowns Mahomes has the edge in yards, but every other category is razor thin. So for me, it comes down to most valuable player. Who has the better supporting cast? Whose job is tougher to do, given who is playing with them? And that's clearly Rodgers, is it not? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe they give it to Mahomes just because uh, they he's the face of the NFL at this point. I don't know, but for me it's it's pretty clear and obvious that Rodgers should be the favorite. I'm not sure how it's not uh more of a consensus at this point, but uh real quick, this well, game Go ahead. The, well, they
1: signed a they signed a guy off the street last year, Matt Moore, and he came in and and led their offense to playing like it was, you know, like it would any other week. And they won those games, uh, apart from when they played us, of course. And, and the offense looked good. I mean, it just, you know, when Rodgers isn't in the game, uh, the only person that has success is Devontae Adams. We saw that when, when Rodgers went out, Brett Hundley went in, things bad, things went bad, but Devontae kept his thing going. Uh, but, you know, we just can't win games without Aaron Rodgers, and that's that's pretty simple. Um so for me like you just said Rodgers is the clearly more valuable player and if you're going to break it down like that it's it's pretty clear that he is the
0: guy. Yeah, real quick. I don't know if you thought the same thing, but this week against the Eagles, it, for Rodgers it felt like it felt like week 14, 2016. Do you remember when we beat the crap out of the Seahawks like 38 to 13, 38 10 something like that?
1: It felt like that game where you know that you know where we stand. yeah. And I feel like that that game against Seattle also did that for me. It was when I really felt confident that we were going to end up winning those, those last few games and get to the playoffs.
0: And it felt like Aaron was just so in his element. I think that was like the first game of December as well at Lambeau where it's freezing cold, he can't miss a throw, just highly efficient, on target, just totally in his element, cool, confident, swagger, Classic Rogers. That's what it felt like for me. I just kept thinking that, and uh, it was it was a great game for Aaron. I I keep watching it. I keep I've watched it like three times now, probably. Just one of his all time performances, in my opinion.
1: It definitely was, and and now we're looking at kind of in that same vein where we we were really worried about the playoffs that year. It was the it was the year where Rogers said he wanted to run the table, four and six. Uh, we got all the way to 10 and six, made the playoffs this year, obviously a bit of a different situation where we're sitting at nine and three and the playoffs look pretty, uh, likely almost guaranteed at this point. Uh, and if the Packers, you know, if they go and beat the lions, they can clinch just a playoff spot in general. They can clinch, uh, if, if they win the game and, and then a couple, just a couple NFC teams have to lose and the Packers will, will get a spot in the playoffs guaranteed. So. Uh, We've got a chance to secure our spot this week. That's exciting. Um, And just a lot of good things going on here Uh, in Green Bay. We've got a ton of things to look forward to, and we just got to continue to play well. If we play like we're playing,
0: shouldn't be any issues. All right, back to the Lions game here. Uh, The Lions have the 31st scoring defense in the NFL, and the Packers obviously have the first scoring offense in the NFL. So in theory, the Packers should be able to be highly productive once again on the offensive side of the ball, considering that even even the worst offensive offenses have been able to walk up and down the field on the Detroit Lions so hopefully it should be a uh, another productive day for the offense rightron what 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 are you thinking
1: well you know after this after this last game where we got our ninth out of 12 uh 30point games this year and now we're above 31 points uh per game at this point I feel like this is a good chance to to really maybe drop 50 who knows but It's all about what the what the Lions can do on offense for me, because if they're if they're able to have some success there, we're not going to go and score 50. So it's going to be about playing complimentary football, uh, making sure we do our do our job on the defensive end. So that way our offense uh, can just roll, you know, and I'm excited for that opportunity. Uh, The number 31, you said, right? Yep, scoring defense. Yep. Yeah. So that you know, that's an advantage for us to go out and, and try to try to exploit, and it's a good chance for us. I, I really feel like we've got a good opportunity to just keep it rolling. Uh, this is one of those games where we can really, really look good if if we go out and drop forty five defense, holds them to less than ten. Uh, we're just a, a just an immovable object, you know. That's that's what we've got to be. Uh, no matter who it is, we've got to do the job. And against a team that we should beat, Griff, like you mentioned. Uh, I think we
0: should be able to do that. Yeah, that's kind of our mentality going into every game this season. It's just let we have the opportunity here to drop forty-five any given week. So let's hope we can do it. But uh, knowing how good this Detroit offense can be, given the talent they have, and Matthew Stafford being the quarterback he is, you know, the king of the deep throw, the massive arm, score from anywhere on the field type of player, uh, this kind of has the recipe for a shootout almost. But hopefully the defense can stand its ground and uh, hold the Detroit Lions down on offense. And our offense, maybe will continue to roll. But it seems like every game, our offense is playing great. And then it hits a point where they kind of, they just taper off and they can't move the ball for maybe a period. Sometimes we get back on track after that, but there's always a point in every game where we just struggle to move the ball offensively. So hopefully we can uh, work out these kinks and just put together a complete game on offense.
1: Well, for me, I I look at that defense, and it's just not great in, in Detroit. Their rushing defense is pathetic. Uh, you know, even the Chicago Bears, who have been just not able to run the ball all year long, even they had success. They averaged four and a half yards a carry. Uh, over a hundred yards on, on this Lions defense, and you know, for us, that's a great chance to get Aaron Jones really going after the good game he had against the uh, Eagles this week. This is a great chance for him to continue that success and and really start getting in a rhythm. Uh, And the same thing for the Packers on offense, too. For Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, if we run the ball at a high level, open up the play action, obviously Devontae Adams and him will get going either way. But uh, for me, that's why I think because this is one of the defenses that really just doesn't have a lot of talented guys out there. Uh, Just there's no, you know, there's no game wreckers that you know, some of the teams like the Eagles have in Fletcher Cox or the Bears have in Khalil Mack and others. Uh, the Lions really don't have that guy, not even in the back end, you know, as opposed to just being a guy that can make Rodgers uncomfortable in the pass rush. They don't even have a guy in the back end that could that could really scare the, scare the Packers offense for me. So uh, I feel good. I feel like this could be a game where we really start to cement ourselves on
0: offense and on defense as well. Yeah, obviously, Jeff Okuda, third overall pick, has not been what the Lions were hoping he could be. It's his rookie season, but he's been pretty bad this season. And, uh, week and he two... may not even play this week. Oh, really? Yeah, he's on the injury report,
1: didn't didn't practice um, on Wednesday. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens.
0: Yeah, well, either way, week two, Devontae Adams, put him in a blender multiple times. Uh, so, you know, Matt Patricia, bad defensive coordinator, bad head coach, bad defensive head coach for the Lions. So uh, him being gone, not sure if it makes them better or worse honestly, but uh just now well that- now they
1: just it's probably gonna be uh for them a lot of the same they're just probably gonna run a lot of the same stuff that the that the guys know they're gonna they're not gonna bring a whole new playbook in or anything like that, so they're just gonna be running a lot of the same stuff that they've been running all year, uh different play calling obviously um which you know we'll see what that does, but it's probably just gonna be it's probably just gonna be as bad if not worse. Uh, than what they were doing
0: yeah and Patricia obviously coming from Belichick one of the most uh high volume man coverage defensive units in the NFL they stick to man coverage and they don't come out of it and obviously the Packers offense has been phenomenal against man coverage this season so this definitely has the recipe for a great uh offensive game from the Packers but you know every every time we hit these low periods where we can't move the ball it's always our own doing going back to week two we put up 42 on them uh but you know there was a lot of drops in that game that that was really the story of the game coming from Sternberger I think Tanian had a drop if I remember correctly MVS had a drop of course so uh, as long as we can just you know get out of our own way on offense it should be a should be a great game for the the passing game and the running game
1: yeah, running game is where we're looking to maybe, uh, really have a a great game. And Aaron Jones, we saw what he did on on against the Eagles on Sunday, and if we can continue that, it'll just make us even better as a unit. Uh, to have all three guys really just playing at top of the league level, like they have been, and th- that we've seen, uh, to have all three of those guys doing it, we're gonna be hard to beat.
0: Yeah, the way the way Jones ran on them week two definitely gives you optimism that was probably his best game of the season. So, hopefully we can get to more of that and hopefully the passing offense has improved since where they were at uh week 2 of this season. And it could be a it could be a great game. Maybe maybe they finally put up 45. I don't think they've gotten to 45 this season. They've gotten to 43 times, I believe. Uh, they've gotten to forty-two a couple times. I yeah. know that. Yeah. So maybe we can break the new this season high this week. That's that should be the goal on offense. I, I don't a, know. Yeah, if they, that's a good goal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they care about that too much, but it'd be nice. And then obviously no, they just
1: they want to they want come out with the win. Of course, that's all they care about. Matt Lafleur preaches that every week.
0: Yeah, one and 0 uh, every just week. every every
1: week get the win.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. What happened to all gas no breaks? I miss that. I miss the mentality. But anyways, well, I feel like on Austin. We saw we saw a little bit of that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But Tavon Austin, how about that?
1: Yeah, he could, he could provide something for us. He's a new element that we'll see what he can do. His speed is, you know, we haven't had his speed, uh, in that role. Tyler Irvin's a fast guy, but he's a running back. He's not that, he's not that elite speed that Tavon Austin has, uh, even at this age, he's going to be a huge impact for us. I really think so. Um, this is his first real opportunity, uh, since, since he was in Dallas, um, and I feel like this is where we're gonna really utilize his skill set. We've got the coach that is really gonna be able to do it, and Matt Lafleur, who's gonna draw really exciting things up for him that are gonna get him open in space. And uh, I don't know how much we'll, he'll see on offense this week, but I I hope that it's a good number of snaps, and I hope he gets the ball a couple times. And I, I can't wait to see what he can do in the return game as well. So uh, it's it's an exciting addition. We haven't had exciting addition in a long time on offense. Um, So it's nice to finally have one, and, and we'll hope that he can provide a spark to what we're already doing at such a high level.
0: Yeah, everyone in the NFL always talks about the difference between being quick and being fast. I think that's the perfect description of one MVS and Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin definitely being more quick than MVS because MVS is really you really only see his speed when he's forty plus yards down the field. Tavon Austin, I think, can be he can be quick ten, fifteen yards upfield and. Uh, he can be a really good intermediate threat for the Packers because they don't really have a lot of speed there with Lazard and Adams. You know, neither of them are the quickest receivers in the the world. So Tavon Austin, I hope he's used as more than just the gadget guy because, you know, Irvin, great gadget guy and similar skill sets to Tavon Austin, but he is a running back. He can't work the same amount of wide receiver routes that Tavon Austin might be able to, but you know, even if Austin is just used as the gadget player early on in the season while he's learning the playbook, I, I'm I'm not going to be upset because I think he has a lot of potential doing that.
1: He brings a bit more of agility, like you mentioned. Like he's like, MVS, he's long, lanky. He's not going to bring that like explosive agility that that you see from a guy like Tavon Austin, who's who's a bit smaller, but but he's more explosive in that way. Um, and like you said, he's he's going to do more for us in the passing game than Irvin would and then other guys would as well. So to have, and he, he's played running back too. He he thinks he could play both at this level still. And, you know, that's exactly what we need from that gadget type position. But also, you know, Irvin, uh, Irvin was doing a lot of stuff in the slot. He was doing other things as well when he was on the field. So if, if Austin's out there, we have an even more reliable guy catching passes. If we could put him in the slot, you know, line him up in different areas in the backfield to catch passes um so you know even those jet sweeps the touch passes all those different things I don't mind him being involved in that way if if he's getting the ball a decent amount
0: yeah and this goes back to what you mentioned maybe four or five weeks ago where we always have the jet motion pre-snap or at the snap but rarely do we ever give it to that guy and we saw we saw the Packers give it to MVS, who was the one in jet motion this week and it went for negative four yards so maybe they shy away from that, but I hope they don't because Tavon Austin can really be effective uh, doing that type of things on the on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Definitely. And all right, Griff, let's kind of wrap it up here with maybe give me a, a bold prediction and and what you think the score will end up being.
0: All right, I think the score. This is optimistic as it always is from you and I being Packer fans, but I'm going to say it's uh, 45 to 24. That feels about right. Uh that it this is obviously a game that we should win. We are better than the Lions. They do not have much talent on the defensive side of the ball, especially. So we should handle them quite easily as long as we don't get in our own way. And a bold prediction. Uh man, do I steal your Tavon Austin prediction from last week? I don't know. Uh I'm gonna go I'm gonna go that Adams and Jones both have over hundred and fifty yards.
1: Sound good? That's a pretty bold prediction. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. Bold. I like that. Yeah, for, for the score for me, I'm going to go 38 to 17. Uh, like you mentioned, I'd like to see them get above 40. But for me, this game, I think it's it might even be more about having the defense stop a, a decent offense like this. You know, This Lions team, they scored over 30 against the good Bears defense, and, and they got that win, and now they're only a game back from that 7 spot. We're going to really have to hold them off here. And I think the way to do that is is obviously playing out a, gr- a great game on offense. 38 uh, is a great number. Uh, still above our, our average of 31.6, I think. Um, and then in the same time, we're going to have to do good things on defense. And if we only allow 17 points against Matt Stafford and company, I think that's a pretty, pretty great win for us moving forward. Uh, and for a bold prediction for me, I think Darnell Savage is going to continue to have some really great success and, and making a, another few big plays. My my bold prediction is that he gets two interceptions once again this week, so he just continues that this stretch here of of really playing at an elite level for us. Uh, I think he goes and gets two picks.
0: That'd be nice. Continued uh, ascendance from Darnell Savage that we've been hyping up for like six weeks now. <laughs> yeah, he continues to ascend, so it's good stuff. Yeah, that'd be nice. What if both of those both predictions come true? Then we probably score 50, huh? (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Okay, that's going to do it. Thanks, you all, for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week, hopefully after a Packers win over the Detroit Lions. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. That's where we are. And we'll be back next week. Thanks so much, and uh, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go,
1: everyone. Thanks.